Hello, Thomas. <laughs> Hello, Katarina. How did you get here? Uh, by plane first. Oh, yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then actually I took a free now. Okay, good. So you're yeah. just walking the walk. <laughs> yes, definitely. Local team already asked if it went perfectly. It did, so yeah. everybody was happy. What, when, when you, I mean, Lisbon is a city in change. It mm. has been so, for so many years, but you, you can still feel it. How do you envision uh, the future of, of a city in, let's say, 20 years' time? Well, 20 years is quite a long time, considering we didn't have smartphones 20 years <laughs> back. <laughs> but I think we will see a gradual change, and some of that is already happening, because there's almost a common understanding that cities need to change, right? People want lesser cars in the cities. They want to have less congestion, pollution, and so on. So we already see in some European cities that um, the access is restricted to enter city centers with private cars, right? In yeah. France, we see first um, endeavors into that direction. So, and I think this will gradually grow. And this will, on the one hand, will have the need for mobility platforms like ours to still <clears throat> provide sufficient mobility options so that the convenience is still given. But on the other hand, it will enable cities to make use of the space that the cars occupy. And 90% of the time, cars are just standing around. And if you look at current numbers, yeah. it's basically uh, by 25, we will have 10 million more cars in Europe. That's the size of Dublin you need as parking space, right? So God, this is God. tremendous, yes. right? Yes. So, and uh, you don't want to have them standing around where people are, I don't know, can go on the sidewalk, you can have playgrounds, more greener areas, you can have also more relaxed walking and, um, and commuting if it's not all congested and in big, uh, big streets where all the time cars are driving. Like what you're talking about is people being more free. Exactly. Is that what it means? Like uh, uh, the, the city of the future will give you more freedom to be and 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 go around however you you would like to do it. Yeah, I think it is more freedom in terms of mental freedom, right? So if there's less noise mental. and congestion. Yeah, sure. And then also it, it should be it should incorporate the freedom of choice. What type of mobility do I want to use? Right? What is the best for my use case? Is it public transport? Is it taking an e-bike? Is it taking car sharing or ride hailing? So and I think this goes hand in hand where cities will need to change and also need to change the infrastructure for that. We'll talk about that in a while. But then on the <laughs> other hand, to have um, mobility providers that actually bring that offering um, in a very convenient and accessible way to the cities. What do you see now? I mean, not 20 years in time, but now. What do you see now as something that could function as an accelerator for that? Is it, the, is it the crisis, the energy crisis? Is it the shifting of generations that don't want to own a car? Is it the, the cities that need to be more green and more sustainable? What do you see as the, the most important accelerators for that to yeah, happen? It's, it's a combination of things, right? So on the one hand, I think it's in the hand of companies like ours to accelerate that because if there is no offering, there will be no change, right? Then on the other hand, it is down to the cities to also build their infrastructure, build the right regulations to make all of that seamlessly possible. And then I think on top of that, there is a, a zeitgeist in terms of 
we, we need to get the um, like the emission crisis somehow under control, right? And uh, a lot of the new shared mobility options are based on um, electromobility, right? So that plays very much into that. So and I think all of these things combined have some potential to change that. It will not be a change overnight, right? Because also behavioral changes take time. But and I think also because the competition is very stiff. Like the yeah. car as a kind of a comfort um, experience that, you know, it's hard to beat. 100%, this is what I meant in the beginning, that the convenience needs to be there, right? If we want that people basically don't rely on their personally owned car, the alternatives must be convenient. It can't be a super big hassle, and then you go like, yeah, okay, I could do that, but this is so much more annoying, and it takes me hours and so on. Then this is going to fail, right? It needs to be easy, accessible. Do you see yourselves like free now as a, as that as an inconvenience uh, company? Hundred percent, hundred percent. I mean, this is what we are striving for when we said, okay, we incorporate all modes of urban mobility into one app. So, and not only just one provider, but multiple providers. So when you open our app, you can hail a private hire, you can hail a taxi, but you can choose between different e-scooter, e-moped, e-bike providers. Uh, we just launched our first integration of public transport uh, within Germany, right? So the whole urban ecosystem for us should be in, in one app where you only register once, have payment method once, have uh, your driver's license once. So it's most convenient and you don't need to flip through, I don't know, eight apps to understand what's the best way to you to get some yeah, information. Yeah, so now we're getting to that infrastructure part of the conversation. Uh, what's, what's the drawback? What are the bumps in the road? What do you feel as being the, what's stopping you from growing? What's, what's, what are so the I, challenges? I would say there, there is not necessarily a big stop. We are growing, so that, that is a positive thing, right? So, yeah. and, and I think it's just like further acceleration can happen if that is um, if um, if that is supported by by the cities and the municipalities, right? So, and I think then we are in a very good way to go there. Um, but it's as often, right? You can't do it just in isolation. You need to work hand in hand with the cities, so they that they also do understand basically better what the needs of our customers and therefore the people that live in their city are. And what, what differentiates uh, cities in that matter? Is it the vision of the mayors? Is it what, uh, and I mean, you, yes. you, you work in a lot of <coughs> cities in the world, I would say, in many, many um, uh, countries and, and even many, uh, many places, many different places. What's, what's differentiating the the mindset, the attitude. Yeah, I would, I would say, I mean, obviously, um, every city has its own challenges, so not every city is built the same. So a lot of uh, that comes down to that. So how does the city look like today? Then obviously there are different visions, maybe also bound to different political parties and, and views on that. Um, and I think then the difference is basically um, how far have the thoughts already progressed that the change is already happening, right? So there are cities we work very closely together with because they request um, anonymized data from us to better understand how are people moving in their cities and put that into city planning, right? So and once you're at that step and have that understanding and also maybe build the capabilities to deal with that data, right? So then you are already a step further ahead uh, compared to other cities where this might is just already starting. Like where do you have, uh, is there a city that you can, um, can, can quote as, as an example for, 
for what's happening in no, that I think area. there's like there's or quite a lot three. of a lot of cities that already go into into that direction right um, I know just from very recent experience that we um, in Hamburg together with uh, the authorities we launched a, a complete green fleet of taxis right so and this was also then supported by the city um, they made sure that uh, they are preferred at airport pickups and so on so I think that was a very good example of basically sharing a common goal and then try to make um, from both sides the best efforts to actually bring that to life very quickly do you have like a golden rule to relate with the the, the many um, uh, uh, forces of the city yeah I mean for, for us the first rule is always like to get to a common understanding that we share a goal so this is not this is a competition or contradicting goals we basically share the, the same goal and then it, it's basically down to see okay what is the situation at the moment and what can and should change and have an open dialogue about that right because we are learning together with them it's not that somebody has everything figured out there's a blueprint and you just run there's this um concepts that's been popularized by Carlos Moreno in the French uh, Paris Mary uh, about the city of 15 minutes which means that you can uh, go by bike or on foot or on public transportation you can get to anywhere in your life that you need in 15 minutes is that really the future do you see it as something very I would say very centric or I mean very for the for the city centers, mm -hmm. not considering the city outskirts or the people who live each, each day farther away. Yeah, yeah. I think it, it holds very much true for the urban metropolitan areas. But also a lot of the problems that, that we have in these places where millions of people live, they are also not so much in the rural areas. There are maybe different problems in getting into the city center, but they don't have a big congestion problem or, or something like that. So I think that concept is very much to metropolitan areas. And it kind of, I mean, what it encompasses is basically there needs to be enough options that you can access quickly and in a convenient way to get there. But also then, I mean, 15 minutes in Paris means also there can't be a lot of traffic jams and congestions, right? And if you say, okay, I should reach that by e-bike, then there need to be proper bike lanes and so on. So I think it encompasses a lot of things where really there needs to be a free flow of movement within a city and then the 15 minutes kind of are achievable. Yeah, that's the deal. But it's very hard, right? And it's also very unequal and even. Don't you think so? Yeah, I mean, it, it, it will take time. This is nothing that can change overnight. But um, same with a lot of important things for society. We need to start now. Right, so that also for future generations, this is going to change. And um, just the fact that it's maybe a longer road and maybe also a bumpy road, mm -hmm. uh, this shouldn't bring us to a point where we say, okay, then we don't touch it. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking about equality and equality in moving and equality in everything else, how do you see this trend of getting free transportation for everybody that seems to be growing there's uh, in lisbon there's a there's a program for that for young kids and older adults senior citizens there's a lot in luxembourg there's a there's a pilot going on how do you see this i mean uh, the point is first i think it's a very good thing because people should have access to mobility right because otherwise you somehow cut them out um, on the other hand from an economic perspective 
somebody somehow needs to pay it. So, and if it's free, then it's paid by taxes, right? So, but some somewhere That's money needs sure. to be paid but for people service, who operate that. Right? Exactly, yeah. right? So, and I think there are some very interesting um, movements within Europe. Um, for example, and this is very very recent uh, from last week. So, in in Germany, there was a test uh, yeah. nationwide for nine euros a month. Yeah. You could use all public transport in every city. So even, even trains, right? Exactly, even trains. So not long distance travel yeah. and the fast trains, but uh, that, that was possible, right? So and then they analyzed the data and then they came to the point, okay, that's a good concept. It helps that people move uh, more to public transport and less to private car ownership. But the price point might not be sustainable at that level. And what is now decided that the price point for that will be 49 euros, which is still cheaper than monthly cards in a, in a given city. It will be applicable everywhere you go. So if you travel to another city, you can take the same ticket there and use it. And I think that is a very good move into the right direction. So would, like, would mobility as a service be a better way of thinking about the future other than free transportation for everybody? Yeah, I think it, it is combinable, right? So because That's I what think you do also, right? Exactly, because I think um, I can't really imagine a scenario um, where like if every taxi ride is free, right? Because like the price points a bit higher and it's very individual, right? So, but combining that and um, as we have done now as the first pilot in Germany, integrating public transport and that spectrum of mobility up to uh, taking a taxi, which has then across all mobility options, maybe the highest price point. But offering that and giving, um, giving the users and the people in the cities the choice for their given use case, what to do best, but then not like having huge efforts into getting there. So it's like basically two clicks between those two ends of the spectrum. And I think then also it is easier for people to shift behavior. Again, back to the convenience because it's yeah, it, it is it's just very simple to do so, and you don't need to put, put big effort into it. You you were speaking about this pilot. Were you speaking about this joint venture between you and Mercedes and BMW? And how has that evolved? Right. So the, the, the public transport venture is with a, a public transportation um, company in the Rhine area of Germany, which is okay. the biggest connected transport network in Europe. So this is why we, we started there. Right. So and this is now um, a step that we have taken after we have already partnered with Tier, Voy, Share now, Might, so all the big providers on our platform, right? So it's just expanding our ecosystem and we plan to continue to do so. Um, basically, BMW and uh, Mercedes, Mercedes in that context, these are our shareholders. So our company is owned 50% uh, by both of them. So they, they operate as uh, shareholders, right? So and, um, but that has nothing to do actually with the direct mobility partnerships. Well, how do you see the... Um What's next for you? Like you've already, you know, you've intermobility. You've already reached really high um, uh, stage, like in connecting many different ways of moving. Basically, is this in in people's yeah. words? What is the next step for you? Is it, uh, we were talking a little bit about logistics. Is logistics the next step? No, because <laughs> I, I don't think so. Because there's still, I mean, given everything that we have said the task of changing urban mobility and therefore also how you live in an urban environment, there's still a million things to do, right? So what, are, what are those things? Exactly. So for us, at the moment, the big thing is being the first private company that has integrated public transport, not just in routing, but with an end-to-end -end booking option. And then obviously, this is just one area in one country. 
we want to roll that out um, to everywhere where we operate, right? To complete that. And then we are also constantly looking into, do we bring on new partners into the platform to make the mobility offering in all of the cities we are operating as broad as possible? I mean, by now, people have access to over 250,000 vehicles through our platform in, in Europe, but that is nowhere near the end and where it needs to be. So this continue needs to grow. So our focus really is on basically making the offer that we have better more convenient and expanding it to a way that we continuously can drive that change we have been talking about. Do you see, I know you, 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 you pay a lot of attention to data, as you were saying, in the, in the cities that you operate. Do you see a steady generation shift in that matter? Yeah, I mean, when, when you look at like, recent research data, on the one hand, like, I think close to 70% of the people already state that they want to have lesser cars in cities, right? So That's this mindset is already there. And is it a good, a, a good evolution from, from years before? Yeah, definitely, right? Wh so this is, is like, do, I would need to see where, you, where, where the baseline is, but it has grown over the last five years. I would say most likely at least at 20%, right? But, um, and the other point is um, we also see that 60% um, of already today's users would prefer one app with all mobility options compared to, to a million apps, right? So they, yeah, they need to scroll. <laughs> It's logical, but, but the, the important point for me is that it's not something, okay, where we say this is a nice future vision and everybody needs to understand it. So the mindset no, of the right. people is already shifting into that direction. So it's very important to execute against that and execute well against it. So also the experience is nice because if the experience is kind of not good, they might say, ah, I tried it, it's not working for me. And then to get them back into that um, is then actually more effort and will prolong the process. And that's why you're betting all your cards, is in getting, is in being an app that can connect everything else. I won't tell exactly. you how it is in Portugal or Lisbon, because it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's crazy. Like, a hundred of apps, no, none of which works. Will you be able to provide that service also? Is that in your plans? Yes, 100%. So, uh, can't give a direct timing for the public transport integration uh, in Lisbon, but we definitely want to do that. But also now already uh, in Lisbon, very specific, you can hail a taxi, but also a private hire. You can also use other mobility types, for example, book an e-cultra e-moped uh, if you want to get like in a, a very emission-free way uh, and like if it's weather like today in an also very nice way from A to B, that is already possible. What do you like most about Lisbon? What I like most about Lisbon, <laughs> so if you cut out yesterday, the weather is definitely a plus, but this is a very common answer. Um, but but I think when you walk in town, yeah. you have this very spe specialized eyes to yeah. mobility in town, right? Yeah, that, that's very true. But I mean, what, what I like about Lisbon in, in general is like, beside food and everything, yeah. it's a vibrant city, right? And you see that people are moving. And actually, when, when I'm in Lisbon, I see a lot of opportunity because there's so many cars, like not shared cars, right? So, and if you look at that, I mean, on a, on a European level, 10% of the today existing cars, if all of that would be shared, would fulfill the current mobility needs, right? So, it's a bit biased because there are rural areas, but here we are in a metropolitan how much, area. How much did you say? 10% of today's cars, right? So, as I said, a bit biased because rural areas are included, but if we look outside, I see just opportunity for reducing that mass of standing cars and for all that uh, traffic jams and bringing that into into more shared and connected mobility uh, ecosystem to actually 
make it easier in the morning to come here and don't stay for 45 minutes in traffic. Is there a city that you could uh, relate, I mean, c uh, c um, compare to Lisbon in this stage that you knew and that has already grown into that? I don't think there's a city that has fully mastered that, right? So, uh, but I think Paris is a, is a very nice example in the city center where there have been restrictions. And if you now like, uh, go along the Seine and before it was completely filled with cars, like traffic jams all over, and that has shifted, right? That is only a small part of the city. It needs to expand. But um, I think there we see first tendencies of how it could look like. So thank you for saying that the mess that we live is an opportunity. Uh, and thank you for uh, spending this time with us. It was a great pleasure to have you here. Thank you very much, everybody. Thank you very much, Katarina. <laughs>